Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Dada, CBS Sports Elite NWSL writer, joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. Here today with another breaking news edition episode for Attacking Third. We are here today to discuss recent breaking news surrounding head, current head coach Paul Riley of the North Carolina Courage and reports coming out of The Athletic. We will get into all of those details with you, our listeners, today. A quick reminder before we head on into this very deep dive, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as video on youtube.com slash attacking third. So go ahead, find us, leave us a rating and review, subscribe so you do not miss any further details surrounding the upcoming news that we are going to be discussing. Lisa, how are you doing today? Um, I am shocked and devastated and heartbroken and disgusted, um, but I'm, I'm glad to be here with you to kind of talk this through and, and discuss all the news that has happened today. How are you? I'm going to have to say ditto on all those fronts. Um, feeling a lot of different things uh, right now, but uh, we have got jobs that we have to do, and we're going to start this episode by just sort of going through some details of this current report in case you are coming to us first as your main source of news. Uh, just going to let you know the main bullet points here. Reporting out of the athletic via Meg Lenahan talking about uh, a very long saga with head coach Paul Riley. Two former NWSL players in Sinead Farley and Manishim have gone on record to discuss their past experiences and trauma with the current North Carolina head coach. A number of sources were spoken to in regards to this very long and compelling and detailed reporting. That also includes sources who were unnamed, but that also includes somebody like Alex Morgan, uh, who was with the uh, Portland Thorns organization in 2013, 14, and 15 during the era in which Paul Riley was the head coach of the Thorns, um, gone on record to help confirm some of the experiences uh, of these players. And um, within the actual reporting itself, there were some statements from the league from North Carolina Courage and to some extent Paul Riley in regards to the reporting. But since the article has gone live and at our time of this recording of Attacking Third episode, there has been no additional public facing statement from neither the NWSL or the North Carolina Courage at this time. Uh, simply put, within the details of this report, and we want to encourage everyone to go and read it if they are able um, 
and willing to do that, uh, some trigger warnings for people who need them uh, within the details of this report. Uh, Paul Riley was essentially accused of sexual coercion, sexual misconduct. Uh, there are layers of homophobia in this story and quite frankly, anti-lesbian rhetoric throughout it and just general inappropriate behavior, um, excessive drinking with players, uh, hosting uh, player parties at private residence. Um, so please support women's soccer coverage and uh, head on over to The Athletic. Subscribe if you would like to get further details. But Lisa, there's just so much within this. It's, uh, I hate to compare it to something like an onion, but the layers within it are extensive. And a huge part of that is because of how far it goes back. Uh, the timeline within this is talking about going all the way back to 2010 with a player like Shadid Farley going, stepping back into a whole other league in the WPS with women's professional soccer and then expanding into the trauma expands into NWSL um, and then with another player. Um, so it's a tough, tough, I would say tough day, but also tough, much tougher week for, for the week. It's very heartbreaking to read this piece and, um, Meg does a fantastic job of taking us into the players' experiences that that went on record to talk about this. And um, the fact that it does go back to 2010 and spans across the WPS, WPSL, and now the NWSL is just um, so many things. It's devastating that this could be happening for so long with so many people aware of what had been happening um, and the players that were afraid to speak up or didn't know how to or tried to and were ultimately silenced or the conversation was closed and ended with, okay, well, that's that. We'll move on from there. Um, I think it's one of the most devastating and heartbreaking things that, that is really coming out of this. And it's a tough article to read and it's a tough story to dive into um but it needs to happen and change needs to be made and I, this is not the first domino to um be falling in this type of situation and um this is the year that the nwsl put into place the anti-harassment policy and i don't know why there wasn't one before there should have been but now that it's in place there are certain things that are coming to light and being uncovered and that the players mainly are calling for change. And that is powerful. I think that the players' voices is so, so powerful. Um, yeah. And reactions to this article that have come out and, and players' voices and all of that is incredible, but change needs to happen. Yeah, uh, definitely feels like a, feels like a very transitional moment. Um, in time right now for the league. Um, maybe not in a way that people expected compared to this time in 2020, as opposed to now in 2021. Um, but perhaps let's put in perspective a little bit what's how this sort of fits into a week like this, coming off of a very long, tumultuous couple of months for another, just another specific organization in Washington Spirit, and then for the league to just recently this week announce the conclusion of that those investigations. 
and even within those announcements, um, further detailing consequences that were handed out, which was a termination, an official termination to former head coach Richie Burke um, and a deadline and a ban to the uh, Washington Spirit on the governance and just sort of seeing that and seeing the league provide that, um, that public facing statement, the announcement of the, the consequences and to sort of have that and say, these are things that should have happened and, and they did. And now here's what we are is- issuing to the appropriate parties. And it looked like for a second there that yes, this is the anti-harassment policy at work and this is what it can provide. And then here comes this story. And then it sort of is like a one, two punch where it's like, just for lack of a better metaphor, it's like one of those like weeble, like flailing arm men, like inflatable tube arm men. It's like you're blowing one way and then you're like blowing the other. Um, But either way, there's kind of flailing going on. I'm just sort of scrambling right now as we're you know, recording this as this, as this broke, um, we are also reacting to it ourselves as human beings who cover this league. Um, but it just sort of is like going one way and the other to sort of have this coming out. And then it's about a coach who is currently a head coach of, of a club at this moment, of a, of a different club altogether after sort of having this, these last two months that we've had with Washington Spirit, it just sort of, for lack of a better word, feels exhaustive. Um, in all facets, whether it's mental, emotional, or otherwise. I cannot imagine um, the type of level of exhaustion that the players feel, whether it's current, past, present, former, future, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's 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 tough for us to, to come on here and actually talk about it a bit. Lisa, we struggled a little bit with how we would be here for – both each other and our listeners, quite frankly. We want to do our due diligence and be able to keep audiences informed, but also understand that there's a, a big level of, uh, you know, emotion and, and layers that come that come with this. Um, so it is. I agree with you 100%, Lisa. It's just, it was a heartbreaking read, but it almost, it, it is, not almost, it is a very necessary read. Um and it's very important reporting uh, that was done here uh, by by Megan. Uh, it is out there now, and a lot of what we're seeing now that this has gone live is, despite they're not at this current moment in time being a public facing statement from from the live from the league or or, or North Carolina Courage, what we are seeing is reaction from the players. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into the reactions that are happening live as we're recording this and throughout uh, this Thursday morning, one thing that I think is, is so important in the timeline of this story um, is that now that the news is out there and the news is fully public information, what has happened, uh, reporting back to 2010, that in 2015, during Paul Riley's um, head coaching stint at the Portland Thorns, he was brought into an investigation um, by Mana Shim. And uh, that was when Alex Morgan was brought into this as a friend and a confidant to Shim to to say, how do I handle this and, and what do I do? Um, and Shim, with the help of 
Alex Morgan, who is a name that 99% of the people know in this league and in this soccer community, um, is the, probably the biggest name attached to this story. She was involved in this, in yeah. helping bring light to the situation that was Paul Riley and, and all of his actions with the Portland Thorns. Um, they went to the HR director at the Thorns. They went to the owner at the Thorns. They um, had to try and find the HR director. That yes, was that was a point. part of the story to see. Yeah, a huge part of the story. It wasn't written there in in black and white. Hey, this is your HR contact that you can reach out to. They were trying to do it anonymously because of all the repercussions that um, a coach like Riley, uh, unfortunately, has in this type of. Uh, environment in in soccer in the soccer hierarchy of the world he is a person that pulls a lot of strings and has been at a lot of places and has a lot of respect of other coaches and other organizations and leagues ahead of this news that has been broken so players didn't want to come forward which we see so frequently which is another heartbreaking aspect of this that players don't want to be vulnerable themselves for fear of repercussions of reporting something like this. So with the help of Alex Morgan, Shim, after finding the HR director, was able to um, try to report this. And and that's when players said, why are we not protected? Why, why, when we look at the handbook, does it protect the league and the teams and the clubs, but the individual employees are not protected? Um, and this was in 2015, and it took until 2020 for an anti-harassment policy to be put. Yeah, 20, 2021. <laughs> Excuse me, yes. So that's something that is just ridiculous that these these women and these players have been screaming with hands over their mouths to act, to call for change, to push change on this, to show evidence to people in higher positions to say, why are you not fixing this? Can you fix this? Can you help me it's been pleas for help and until now it's all been on deaf ears and 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 it's been silenced even the investigation that happened with paul riley at the portland thorns in 2015 when he was he was terminated from that position which at the time was perceived to be due to a poor season not a winning season they didn't make the playoffs they didn't have a great season so for fans and bystanders and people on the outside looking in it just looked like okay the coach has been fired he'd been there for three years and they didn't win like makes sense he moved on turns out that there was an investigation that happened within the portland thorns due to all of these accusations on paul riley and that was it. According to the Thorns, they told the league, the NWSL, about the investigation and what had happened. Yet months later, he is hired again by the Flash, the New York Flash, another team in the NWSL. So that is something that is baffling to me, that you can have evidence apparently reported to you and turn a blind blind eye and say, well, we're going to hire him anyway. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's where you... That's where you look at these points in a report like this, and it's additional evidence to the fact that this is a systematic problem. There is not really a lot of leeway in when you're reading this story to just point one finger in one direction. Um, there's a very large picture that is painted, and that is that the problem has A, been ongoing, and B, that it is systematic. 
that there is currently the way things are ran right now is how somebody like Paul Riley continued to be able to pursue coaching positions in this league. And while we're getting into the reaction side of things now, this is a coach that went to, at the time, the Western New York Flash, won a championship, and then relocated to North Carolina as the team was relocated and rebranded as the North Carolina Courage and continued to have success on the pitch. And I think that's an aspect of it that made the players and, and people involved so frustrated that he had such ability to win and have success in what he was doing, looking from the outside in, um, his hierarchy. That's what sources said and quoted in the article. It's called his hierarchy of players and teams and people that it was so hard to crumble and break down. Voices were silenced due to he could win on the field. So that's what made it okay? No. No, exactly. Unfortunately, on this side of the game, for whatever reason, we hear a lot of times in soccer in general how you got to have short memories. Mm-hmm. We hear that a lot, especially when it comes to actual on-the-pitch type of things. But for whatever reason, <laughs> the system in place almost sort of look and feel like they have an equally like equally short memory when it comes to these types of things. And the narrative or concept that winning solves everything and cures everything is not helpful. In fact, it's ugly. And it adds an even uglier layer to this type of story that behind all of these uh, shiny trophies and shiny things our trauma. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's very, very, very sad. A quote from the article by an anonymous player who played for Riley in Portland said, quote, he has the authority. People don't really push him on it. Everyone accepts that's just how he is. You're trying to survive in his hierarchy. If that's not a quote that sums up uh, how corrupt this situation is i don't i don't know what is yeah and there's uh there's always going to be those arguments so that that maybe there will be uh players who didn't have it quote unquote so bad right and players that will be pointed to is like look at the success that they found under this particular coach that also doesn't make any of this okay <laughs> that's like the that's that also does not make any of this okay i just gotta like say it twice <laughs> there uh, and it is not healthy to have that type of thought process in this type of reporting that winning solves everything or winning cures everything. In fact, sometimes trophies, medals, shiny accolades can sometimes bury a very shaky foundation even further. And, uh, it provides a platform to maybe the perpetrators instead of actual victims. So 
it's very heavy, everything that has been coming now. Um, Manish, Manishim, who goes on record with that, actually alludes to that. How she had to, she felt she had to work very hard to finally get into favor. Mm-hmm. Coach, because again, the system that's in place, that's how it works. <laughs> the system that's in place is that there's sometimes favoritism and, and all that type of stuff that comes into play. And that it's at some point in her career under Paul Riley, Manishim finally felt accepted or embraced. Claimed. Yeah, or yeah, by Harley and Shim say say claimed. That's the term that they use. And and we're seeing a theme here. And we're seeing a theme. We're seeing a theme because when you dip into something with the Washington Spirit and the reporting that came out there, where somebody like Kaya McCullough went on record, echoing similar sentiments that there will always be players that these types of coaches show favor to. And then there will always be players who will be either singled out and they will make a choice and that will either be to leave, exit the game, or they will somehow, some type of way, perhaps try to make a choice to continue pursuing being a professional athlete in an attempt to get into these coaches' good graces. So the hierarchy here is a big, big component of this. It's all of the systematic things that we have been talking about right now. Sandra, you mentioned the the term and how it doesn't seem right to compare it to an onion, but the layers of this reporting, um, of course, some of the most horrific claims and accusations being about the sexual coercion, but even the excessive drinking with players, taking them out to bars, having them um, at, at Paul Riley's own house for extended stays and extended period of time to party, that's that's even alarming when you look at just that. And then even going a layer more towards the outside of something that's even farther away from sexual coercion is guilting players into not going to national team camps because he wants them to be with his squad and his club and saying that it's a disappointment and that he the players left uh, Paul Riley and, and their teammates um, – left them and it wasn't fair to them when this player had an opportunity to go play for the national club and guilting them into saying no turning down invitations to potential world cups in 2011 into national team camps that's another aspect of this that is wrong and that has nothing to do with sexual coercion or anything like that that's bullying and that's harassment on a very surface level that is almost overlooked in this article because there are so many more pressing matters that are, are being uncovered. It's 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 laughable in terms of a defense mechanism that I'm putting out here, in that it's almost it's on brand for this particular coach. Uh, it's on brand. I, I don't. I'm not saying anything that's not brand new here. People can go to Paul Riley's Twitter and see for themselves that, you know, he's made comments about uh, scheduling issues or players being absent due to international windows or national team games, et cetera, et cetera. And quite frankly, there has been sectors of the fandom that have defended that type of behavior uh, and saying like, oh, yes, like we agree. You know, there's this is on brand. This is like there are things that are uh, addressed within this story 
that you can actually point at and say, well, that type of attitude actually is true. And here's some examples. And even recently, fine this year for speaking out about it. I mean, just touching on that, even going back to the Olympics, New Zealand head coach for the women's national team was upset that NWSL clubs, quote, refused to release Olympians. Um, one of those being Paul Riley. I don't know what that means. There's a there's a lot out there for sure. Um, in terms of it's hard to gauge in terms of what comes next. Let's look at some of this reaction because a lot of it, Lisa, all of it, quite frankly, is actually uh, on the player side of things. Uh, again, uh, at the time of this recording, there hasn't been a public facing statement from the courage nor the league. Uh, but at the time this reporting went live via the athletic, there was a direct statement from the national women's soccer league players association, um, addressing the current reports. Uh, there was a pretty, um, I don't want to say damning, uh, but it was it was definitely an assertive statement, and it's an important statement because in the top of their statement, they immediately extended support to their fellow players, and it wasn't just Sinead Farley and Manashim. They included Kaya McCullough, and they included additional players uh, who may have you know gone as a source whether it was on record or not. Uh, and it was a very good statement that also provided additional resources to players out there. And that includes a hotline, an anonymous hotline for them. That also includes a sports psychologist to check in, you know, confidentially. So just to um, read the statement from the National Women's, uh, the NWSL uh, PA, it reads as follows. Uh, we, the players of the NWSL, sandwich Sinead Farley, Manishim, Kai McCullough, and each of the players who have brought their stories into the light, both known and unknown, words cannot adequately capture our anger, pain, sadness, and disappointment to the players who suffer in silence. Know that the Players Association holds a safe space for you. We stand ready to confidentially offer you resources and support. You are not alone. It's a threat. It further goes on to detail and say, we refuse to be silent any longer. Our commitment as players is to speak truth to power. We will no longer be complicit in a culture of silence that has enabled abuse and exploitation in our league and in our sport. The very lack of basic and fundamental protections that ensure dignity at work are part of what has led to stories like those that have come out this season. NWSL and its clubs must act swiftly to implement changes that would protect current and future players. The opportunity to do this is right now in our first contract negotiation. In the face of systematic abuse, players demand greater control over their lives and careers. They continue saying, we as players demand the following. Number one. NWSL initiate an independent investigation into the allegations published by The Athletic this morning pursuant to the anti-harassment policy for a safe work environment by 12 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, October 1st, 2021. Number two, any league or club staff who are accused of conduct no matter when it occurred that violates the current anti-harassment policy for a safe work environment or any mandated reporter who failed to report the alleged violation 
be suspended immediately pending the results of the above reference investigation and in any event, no later than 12 p.m. Eastern on Friday, October 1st, 2021. And number three, NWSL disclosed how Paul Riley was hired within NWSL after departing from another NWSL club subsequent to an investigation into abusive conduct during the bargaining session scheduled for Friday, October 1st, 2021. They close out their statement with those additional resources saying to any current former or future player, please reach out to us if you need help. Our sports psychologist Dana Redmond is available for a confidential consultation. They further uh, give the number and they say effective immediately. The Players Association has engaged Lighthouse Services Incorporated to provide all NWSL players with access to an anonymous hotline for reporting the abuse. The purpose of the service is to ensure that any player wishing to submit a report can do so anonymously and without fear of retaliation. And any player seeking to make a report concerning a violation of the anti-harassment policy for a safe work environment who does not wish to contact NWSL directly can contact Megan Burke, the executive director, and she uh, um, has the email there. So the, the Players Association closes out by saying the NWSL has failed us and we are taking our power back. And this is particularly of note, Lisa, because the players have this statement in time for this story um, as a reaction to this story. And it is important to note and highlight that they include the fact that there is ongoing negotiations for a potential collective bargaining agreement. This same collective bargaining agreement that has never existed, that when it does get hammered out, will be the first of its kind to exist within the NWSL. Um, I thought it was a very direct and very good statement. Um, this is a players association that you can that we can see are taking the steps to try and ensure that players are protected in this league. They, for people who don't know or are unaware, you know, the players association recently became a recognized unit. They are an affiliated, they are an affiliate of the AFL CIO. They were issued a welcome by the AFL CIO. They are recognized as the 57th affiliate union. So they are taking the steps to try to ensure that they have their rights as workers of the league. They play in this league, they provide a labor to this league. So they are trying to take the steps. Uh, and in doing that, while still trying to have these negotiations, while still trying to work out a groundbreaking CBA, they're still trying to do things like this and ensure that their players have protections at the most minimal of levels. I, I think the biggest takeaway for me or the biggest summary of what the NWSL Players Association is saying is the very last words they had written in the statement. The NWSL has failed us. We are taking our power back. Those words are have never rung more true because this Players Association isn't just saying we support the players that have stepped forward and spoken and been sources on this, the ones that haven't, that are still suffering. Here's a hotline for us. Here's our executive director that you can reach out to and talk to. That's not it. That's not all they're saying. They're demanding more of the league. They're demanding that within 
24 hours that an independent investigation um, has been started. That's tomorrow at noon, Friday at noon. That's when they are demanding that they hear word that an investigation has started into all of these allegations. Um, and they're also demanding that staff that knew of this, that had been reported of it, suspected that they are suspended immediately. Everyone involved in this story that didn't take action is suspended. Um, it, those things I think speak more than just the support they have because the outpouring of support and love for the sources in this story and all of the victims of what have happened is uh, unanimous across the league and across the players from what has happened. But the fact that the Players Association is not just saying we support you, here are resources for you, but we're going to try to stand next to you, not behind you and enact change. Um, based on the repercussions of, of what have happened and based on all of these allegations. And since this has come out and the news has broke, um, it, reports and reactions from current players and former players are just outpouring, outpouring with love and support for these sources and outpouring with rage at this situation. Um, just some of the players that have spoken out, Alex Morgan, who was involved in this article written and, and was a source in this article. Uh, she She's supporting and she's calling for the NWSL to do the right thing. Nadia Nadim posted on Twitter a, a string of tweets um, saying that the players deserve more. She expresses her frustration that the league kept investigations confidential, investigations from Paul Riley back at the Portland Thorns. And of course, the support most recently the uproar which is the north carolina courage supporters group just put out a tweet saying that they demand paul riley step down immediately and they also demand a new independent investigation start into these allegations against him and and, and their third demand is that staff who is aware of this behavior um and failed to report it they be suspended so the the call to action and the response from players in this league, supporters groups. Ali Wagner just tweeted out, um, former U.S. Women's National Team player and, and an analyst in the league. She has tweeted out that she's disgusted on so many levels and just backing the sources with her support as well. It's, it is never ending, um, the response now. There's, uh, we have Angel City FC who responded. Mm -hmm. This is a club who's slated to enter the league in 2022, they're going to probably make their biggest splash in the offseason when the expansion draft, you know, comes into play in December. You know, so the public is reacting. The players are reacting. Um, hopefully, the next time we get together, Lisa, there will be some updates that we will have to provide our audience and our listeners with. But for right now... This breaking news that just occurred is um, it's gut wrenching. It's disturbing. It's heartbreaking. And the reaction from the players, I think, is is very telling. And um, if people out there are struggling with this, um, if there are people out there who are who find themselves fans of the league, fans of a certain club, fans of certain players throughout the leagues, and and they themselves are victims of abuse and trauma, I can't imagine that this is an easy day for them. And so I just want to extend to them as well, 
on behalf of Attacking Third that we are with you and we send you love and light and support uh, because uh, how we started off this breaking news segment all ended. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough day for a league and it's a tough week, uh, especially for, for the league. So um, we will be back with all of our listeners uh, to continue to cover this story as it develops. And um, we will also be back to actually preview what is supposed to be a weekend of NWSL matches. Uh, But we will also keep everybody posted on that because this players union has issued some deadlines and we will see what happens if a deadline is or is not met. And we will keep everyone posted. So thank you all for listening. Please take care of yourselves as you see fit and please continue to follow us for any additional updates on this manner at attacking third via twitter and you can also follow us on your favorite streaming service whether that's apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify you can also find us as video at youtube youtube.com slash attacking third if you'd like to subscribe go ahead and do that and we won't miss a thing in terms of our updates on this ongoing situation. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, we'll be back in the next episode.